Welcome fellow human beings. This is JP and this is a new episode from the Into Touch podcast. This is the day on which my second uh, baby <laughs> was created, maybe. So I'm, I'm here in this very important day with uh, Stefan that is joining from Korea, South Korea. Yeah, is that right? That is correct, JP. Uh, hello. Nice to meet you, JP. I'm Stefan. Hello, everyone who's listening today. And I'm currently based in South Korea, joining you today into the Into Tech podcast. Can you can you present yourself a little bit? Which, which is your life story? In a, how, how would you tell, tell your life story to your grandchild in two minutes? Two minutes? Awesome. So, hey, little one. Uh, it's your grandpappy. <laughs> so right now, uh, your grandpappy, I'm currently serving in the, in the U.S. Army. Uh, before that, I dropped out of college. I thought college was for me, and I thought I would be a physical therapist. Next thing you know, uh, dropped out of college, moved in with mom, worked at Starbucks as a barista for a little bit, and joined the U.S. military for fun. So currently right now, I am six years in the U.S. Army. Uh, I'm a field artilleryman, so I work with rockets and cannons. And during this time, before I leave the army, I'm studying to become a software engineer. And it's been a wild ride learning how to code. Yeah, That's I my can... little short story. Nice, I can tell that. And I'm curious about what is fun about joining the US Army? Ooh, it's a very good question. Lots of people have many different opinions, but I think the fun part about the military is the camaraderie with the people that you work with. So pretty much similar, uh, maybe different in a software engineering team or a tech team. You're definitely going to have a group of people that you're going to be going through a lot of trials and tribulations and projects uh, throughout your career. So in the military, you're always in a little a squad, maybe about three to four people that you definitely hone and connect with for about three to four years of your life and in the military you're like your your best buddies you you have a blast at work you have a blast when you're not at work and overall you just have a good time building relationships with people and you're always meeting new people the longer you stay in the more people you're going to meet all around the world mm. And when you when you think about like your closest buddies that you have met in the in the military and in this whole six years, and you you tell them about uh, your journey uh, for becoming a web developer, what do you tell them? <clears throat> Good question. So recently, uh, one of my two best friends who they left the military about a few years ago, but I met them when I came to South Korea the very first time. This is my second time, but when I came the first time in South Korea, I uh, met with some very good buddies who are now out, out the military and they're in real estate. Uh, they love it over there in that in that side of the world. And when I reconnected with them within the past month, I was letting them like, hey, uh, I, I want to move down to North Carolina because there's a tech scene over there. And with them being in real estate, I was trying to find a house. And... And I was like, they were like, oh, why do you want to move to North Carolina? I was like, oh, I'm studying to become a software engineer. I want to work in tech. I want to make money because we all know there's money in tech. And 
they're trying to they're asking oh like how did you get started and with that don't want to go too far in because that's that's a whole another another story but i'd be like yeah i'm doing this uh free online boot camp called 100 devs and it's a 30-week software engineering boot camp where you learn javascript and the mern stack and it's all 100 percent free and i'm able to do it while uh, still serving active duty yeah <clears throat> so what comes to my mind after listening to that is um what what are your motivations for for becoming a software engineer or a developer uh, the biggest motivate motivation for becoming a software engineer is uh time with my family so in the military you're going to be spending a lot of time at work you spend a lot of time away from home uh, with deployments and with those deployments, they can be from nine months, sometimes even longer. And since being in the military, uh, I had two children within the past two years, <laughs> and I love them so very much. And I've always think about that feeling that if I have to deploy, uh, I'm missing out on so much in their life. You, you miss out on a lot of things when you're gone for nine months, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. And... I was trying to find a career to where I can get out the military and what job can one make a lot of money two, put a roof over my family's head and put food on the table and three kind of live a not a luxurious life, but a well enough life to work well enough life to where I do not have to worry about the next paycheck. And so that's when I went to the, to the deep black hole of YouTube of the day in the life of a software engineer and uh -huh. I had a friend in high school who went went to get a four-year degree got a computer science and he was working for like chess.com as like a friend and engineer and he was also a YouTuber and he was showing his day in the life of New York and granted you know this dude has no kids but I can see that he's like working remote uh he has a good job he's making good money because i actually contacted him on instagram and connected with him and i was like dang i want to like make good money work remote and not have to worry about the next paycheck so went on to google went to youtube how to become a software engineer for free uh, that's one of some of the pond very very famous websites you have the odin project and you have free code camp so yes. Uh, at the time, I started with the Odin project, and they wanted you to go through the free code camp curriculum. So I did the responsive web design for free code camp, went on to the Odin project, and I got to JavaScript and I stopped. I gave up. No, like, that was too hard. This was a year ago, uh, around this time. And I was trying to learn JavaScript, and I was like, holy, you know, <laughs> I was like, this is hard. So for from July until September, uh, I was slowly learning, uh, trying to learn JavaScript. I'd give up, I'd read the docs. And I realized now reading the docs is very important. And in September, I like gave up and I just stopped coding because I was like, you know what, I can't do it. I'm gonna look for maybe a trade job because in America, trade jobs are, they, they need people in the trade jobs like plumbers, electricians. Mm. And and fast forward from September to January, uh, my time in the military was coming to where I have to make a decision to 
re-enlist to stay in or make that pivot to transitioning out the military. But I didn't know what to do. So that's when in January, I was on Reddit, looking through the learn programming. And that's when I stumbled upon uh, Learnifly on 100 Devs Bootcamp. And the fact that it said 100% free and he was able to get folks jobs for free in 30 weeks or more or more or less, I was like, why not? I was so excited to see that one Reddit post. It's, if you go there right now, it's probably like one of the top all-time posts. And I went to, went to my wife. I was like, babe, babe, I'm going to re-enlist for only two more years in the military. And I'm, and I'm going to do this 30-week boot camp. Like, this is, this is where we're going to get our food on the table. This is where we're going to start living our, our next chapter in our lives. So we're going to have to have to worry about me deploying to another country. We're not have, going to have to worry about me being far away from the kids or with the family. And here we are today. Fast forward to July. To July, still in the boot camp. The boot camp's still going on, and it's probably going to roughly end around September timeframe, uh, depending on the timeline. And I'm I still have 15 months left in the military. So at this point, I'm just going to be doing projects, uh, open source, and maybe get some freelance clients. Wow! <clears throat> yeah, so many questions that come to my mind after listening to all that. Uh, first of all, I acknowledge the motivation behind uh, the the reasons why you are doing this and, and having that close communication with your partner and with your family. Are they living with you now or you are separated? Yes, yes. I was very fortunate, you know, at the start of COVID. Um, I was supposed to come to Korea alone COVID stopped that and I had to stay a little bit in the States. And I just had to submit some paperwork uh, to request to the army, like, hey, I want to bring my family. And they got approved. So my family and I, we've been living out here in South Korea for going on two years. Wow. Yeah, man, that is so great news because I, I thought that maybe you were separated and being all this time without them, it would be a, a big thing. So I, I'm glad that that is happening. And um, you said that JavaScript made you give up and you were before that uh, like motivated with HTML and CSS. And what what was in in the way that, or what brought JavaScript to you that it was like this unstoppable force that you couldn't uh, work with? So I remember going on the Odin project and JavaScript, I was actually learning if else. You know, when I think about it now, I'm like, if else are, they're not that difficult. And then- if else, conditionals? Yeah, conditions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was just reading the docs at the time and I wasn't uh, supplementing it with YouTube, you know, because I do good when I watch a video and I read the docs and I put it together and and I know in tech, it's best to use multiple resources and not stick to one. And at the time, I was just straight docs. And I was like, this is hard. Like, who goes to JavaScript.info and, like, just reads this for fun? So, so like, the conditional is like the number was, one rule of not doing it. Not do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the conditionals were what got me. Even just creating a function. At the time, I was like, how am I going to remember, like, 
function and then you have your parameters and you have your, your block code and then you have your curly braces now i'm like and this is this is a little bit easier now and there's a reason why it's easier and it's because i've been using anki and that was part of the boot camp where the first thing you learned was learning how to learn and how to use anki so since i've been using anki i'm able to retain more information what is anki please uh, so anki is a online flash intelligent flashcard reader uh very basic what you do is you, you have a digital flashcard and you have the front and back bo uh, boxes and you pretty much just put like question and answer and mm. if you studied one card today uh, you'd be shown that card again tomorrow and you can rate how difficult or how easy that card was so if you give it an easy like your first try you'll see it in like four days but if it was hard, you'll probably see it within like the next minute or six minutes or 10 minutes. And throughout over time, you're going to see that card less and less because what you're practicing is space repetition with the content that you're learning. So for example, if I say, oh, what is HTML? And you know, I'm at that point where I don't need to reread that again in 10 minutes. I can see that in a year out now because I already know HTML is hypertext market language. So that is a bare breakdown of what Anki is. And and you are the one that puts the question and the answer or they are pre predetermined? Yes, yes. You once you create an account, you you create oh. your own deck. And you can have I'm not sure how many decks you can have, but you can for example, I just have a software engineering deck and then I have sub decks for like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, OOP and plenty more <laughs> okay i i get it and and my mind came back to that what you said about like uh, diving into reddit and finding this post that brought you to 100 devs and, and and what is like that process for for a person that or how would you recommend a person that is going through that process of wanting to learn how to code and not really understanding how to start or how to progress uh, how how would you what advice would you give to that person so if somebody would come up to me and ask oh where can i start coding i think the the quickest way would be free code camp because uh you you get you get a response uh, and results back once you're inputting your code and then yes free code camp does hold your hand but it's easing your way into web development. So if somebody came to me, they'd be like, try out free code camp, see if you like coding, uh, try out the responsive web design certificate, you know, see if you can complete it. Uh, that's just to see if they're even interested in just web development. And if like not all the words are like taboo. And so then I'd still even recommend 100 devs off to start because Leon is, is a very great teacher who teaches things very slow and they explain like I'm five method, like for an individual who's never even maybe used a computer as much as in, in their life, or who's not very tech savvy, they can easily hop into the boot camp, hop into the Discord, hop into the catch up crew, where so many folks are at different stages of 100 devs, mm. and they can just enjoy the ride with the community. Yeah, how, how important has been being part of a community for you at this stage of, the, of your journey? A thousand percent helpful. Uh, when I was doing the Odin project, like, yes, there's a Discord group, 
uh, yes, they are. They're they're very friendly people. But I, I think with the Twitch live classes and the amount of people on Twitter and Discord who are collaborating together, I think Leon has he, he's he's made like a pack of like people from all around the world. Uh, very good, nice, friendly people who are willing to help with each other. And I think having to just go on Discord and not be afraid to ask a question and be looked down on as if like, oh, that was a dumb question. Like somebody will help you, like no matter what, hmm. whether the question was super easy to somebody who's senior or somebody that's super new at solving an answer. And the community has been a driving factor of me actually continuing on with the boot camp because I can ask anybody for help and somebody's willing to help me. No, and also what you were telling me before that you are going to meet to code side by side later and that also brings you a better understanding of how this works when you are part of a team also and that is important. And and which is the like how what can you recognize as the way or the means by which Leon was able to build this community? What, what is like the factor, which are the factors that you recognize that made this possible because i am also part of different communities of people that are learning how to code and i haven't really understood how to deal with them or how to be part of them so i think the the very first thing that uh, i think leon established at the beginning of the cohort that this is going to be a safe space for folks who are new to coding whether there's or even if they're, they're seniors, that the 100 devs community does not have room for, for folks who are just there to cause chaos and cause havoc. Because if you do, you, you, you just get kicked out, simple as that. Mm. But he created a community of folks who want to uplift each other, who want to grow together, who want to support each other. And that has been the, the number one driving factor of why I think this community is separates itself from other communities in the tech space. Yeah, and like how how important is his figure in the building of the space and in the development of it day day in a, on a daily basis? Uh, I think it's very important for him. Uh, it's it's just not you know Leon doing a one person show. He definitely does have moderators and there's a team behind this that also helps implement um, just the, the kindness and the goodness of the community to ensure that it's, it's not running like chaos everywhere. And, hmm. and, it, and it's, it's in the rules too. If you join the rules, like it, it definitely says, don't be you know, that Jack ASS, you know, <laughs> messing up, trying to mess up the community or tear it down because it's just not called for. And it's just not needed, you know, during this time. It's, just, it's always good for people just to be nice. Why not? Hmm. And and what is your your feeling about the the developer community overall? Like um, like putting yourself aside from the 100 devs and like looking at the whole tech ecosystem and the way that developers interact in Twitter and in other places. Which is the feeling that you have from the from the community as a whole? I think the tech community. Um... I think it's a great community. Uh, definitely, obviously, there will be those who are, I would say, Debbie Downers, but for those who despise like a group of 100 devs or maybe people who are just despise junior developers 
and they want more experienced people in the tech field. But I think from the outside looking in, considering this is my first rodeo in this type of environment where I'm learning a new skill and there's a whole bunch of people learning a new skill and there's a whole bunch of seniors, I can definitely say there are people who have been in tech who are really nice and they, they want to help. And I think that's the, the biggest factor of any other different field or in a career is to have the people in tech there are those that want to help that want to help you succeed and they want to help you grow and that is from the outside looking in an awesome awesome thing to see yeah and and it is um, i would say how life works there is always people that are not going to be useful or not useful but um uplifting or whatever there, there are people which intentions are like not uh, good in many ways and it's like our duty to surround us with the people that are going to help us grow if that is our intention or whatever the intention is at the end of the day and uh, how, how do you navigate um, for example twitter do you do you participate actively in twitter oh yes so uh, when i first Before I was in 100 devs, I had a, a Twitter because I was doing the Odin project and free code camp. And I was just trying to find people in the tech space. And from there, I was also trying to find resources on little, little knowledge for HTML or CSS I can implement into my code. But uh, today I'm, I'm geared towards a little bit of networking and trying to find folks uh, in the state that I'm going to move to in Colorado in about a few months. And I pretty much just like things, you know, if something is cool, easy, just, just one button, put a like, uh, if, if I, if I like the conversation or something that's happened, just, just hit a reply. And sometimes the cool thing about Twitter is, you know, it's there for networking and also people showing off their stuff and also learning new stuff. So <laughs> when people put up their Calendly or, you know, if they want to, if they want to talk in the future, you can easily like just put a reply in public or a DM and somebody's willing to talk to you. I have yet to to run into folks who I guess are, are mean or had bad intentions, but I will in the future, just, just haven't yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I started like two weeks ago, something like that, or one month, I don't know, but uh, it has been an interesting journey because the it is the place where I have seen the most, the impact of what I do. On, on what comes back, you know, and, and I can't, I don't relate, I, I don't mean like uh, specifically what I get back as answers, but uh, what I get back as content. And the content can be very valuable and, and I can learn a lot, but the work that is needed for like getting there is very important. And, and I think that Uh, using Twitter in a good way is a very important skill that is good to develop with intention. Yeah, definitely do agree. Twitter would be the platforms where how you use it, I guess what you put in is like what you put out. And, hmm. you know, interesting enough, I, I didn't use Twitter before until like the tech space i was like i watched it uh maybe you definitely most people are familiar with fireship io and he posted a video of like oh how do you get a six uh, job in tech for six figures and like one of the memes was like 
make a Twitter account, post these threads. It was just a meme-ish, even though it's, it's technically true, but like make a Twitter account, post memes, post your project, and also post threads with like 10 tips of how to be a web developer you know, from a six-year-old or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Twitter's, Twitter's a beast of its own. And yeah, which, with how you use it is how you use it. Hmm. And like coming back to your your plans for the future, you spoke about going to North Carolina after you end up in the military, and and why that place and what what do you feel being there will bring into your experience as a human being? Ah uh, yes, so I actually moved to Colorado. Ah, so okay. Colorado is uh, my next next destination to just live life and get a job in tech. Uh, it's one of those states where, you know, tech's thriving. And I've always seen that the Colorado, Denver city area is thriving in startups, but it's not too expensive like New York. It's not too expensive like San Francisco or Washington, maybe just, just right in the middle, right above where it's not, uh, the price is all right. And there's definitely a lot of snowboarding outdoor activities i snowboarded for the first time in south korea so like going to colorado i'm like yeah this will be the first time i or second time that i get to do some snowboarding activities but tech wise i think uh it will be a good spot to start my career uh, the goal is finding just a well-paying job that honors my values and wants me on their team hmm. and in this world of, of remote work, do you do you see it as an important thing to be in the place where your job is going to be? Or what is like the the motivation for that in yourself? Uh, so the, the motivation for if I wanted 100% remote, uh, I have the ability to at least travel uh, with my family and be near my family. So mm -hmm. instead of me like right now in the military, I can't remote work. It's definitely not possible unless your job can do it, but my job does not allow remote work. So for remote work, I'll be allowed to, you know, wake up a little bit later, still be in my PJs, come to the computer, probably make breakfast at the same time and do a stand-up meeting and do some work throughout the day. And within the little pockets of break in between, I can go outside, go watch some TV with the family, go outside and play. And I'm not bound to being at a location all day and then coming home eight hours later and also if the company is generous enough that hey maybe i can go travel to a whole nother country you know like europe or south america for like two weeks and then with my family and explore somewhere else while still being able to remotely work so i think the the freedom of maneuver for being remote is what what drives me but but you but you spoke about going to colorado to get a job there because the tech scene is like growing or it's uh, well established there and and i think that that is not a remote job or not oh yes yes uh i definitely wouldn't mind uh i i, I might want to do remote i'm in between actually of I wouldn't mind hybrid or maybe one or two days in office and then doing remote. And that's just only because I'm, I'm in a way conditioned or so used to going to an office. I've never done anything remote work ever in life, but that is 
something new that I want to try and there'll be a new journey for me to experience. Hmm. Yeah, I, for me, it's um, I go by days because I, I started coding with the idea of getting a remote job. But then I la, the last time I have been like thinking about uh, how cool it is to be in an office with other people and just like go by and have fun, you know, that water cooler conversation and just have fun or like do more intentional work together. So the, there is definitely like uh, upsides for each option and it's a very important decision as as starting the career. Like if you are going to move to Colorado for getting a job in tech, that is completely different from going to the mountains of Wyoming and getting a remote job. Like, and, and you need to make that decision or, or yeah, maybe get the job before, I don't know. Yeah, do definitely, uh, you touch point on the, the human interaction of being in the office. I do definitely, I, I mean, I, ha I feel that now if I go into the office, you know, somebody's talking crap, you know, making jokes, having fun. Uh, people have a very heavy, dirty mouth in the military, and it's just different lingo from the civilian side, which is just, you know, what we're used to when we're talking. So I do definitely got to think about, do I really want to be 100% remote or would I want to be hybrid to where I can still get that? human interaction with the folks and collaborating on a project and then going home the next day and then you know working on it while I'm at home instead of being in the office. So I think that would be like a nice trade-off. But since I'm one of those who, you know, just starting in tech, it's, it's going to be weird and different because I've never done it before. So hmm. yeah, and and thinking about doing remote work and having like your young dad daughters how how do you deal with that i i have to go away from my house because i hear the baby crying and i always feel this pressure that i i should be doing something more than what i'm doing for helping the house you know and it sucks and how how do you manage that like hey babe i'm coding so please take care of the baby or what <laughs> Yeah, that, that is that is hard. Managing a balancing time with learning how to code, balancing times of work and with the family uh, definitely hits home. So with with that, uh, during work hours, like during my lunch, for example, I'll code for like an hour. My lunch is an hour and a half. So during my hour and a half, I'm able to at least uh, knock out uh, my Anki. So I do my review. Uh, I do a code challenge. I might watch a little bit of the, the YouTube VODs during my lunch hour. And then I love to work out too. So like before I go home, I like go to the gym. So I try to take care of coding things and gym life. Then I go home, you know, spend time with the family, go outside and play, uh, cook dinner. I'll, I'll even just come home, cook dinner real quick. And we'll just watch some TV, watch some YouTube, I'll watch some videos moving to Europe. And then towards the end of the night around like 10, 11 PM, the babies might still be up because you know they're on their own schedule <laughs> yeah. you know I'll, I'll try to i'll multitask so if i'm you know holding my son and then maybe i'm watching listening just to the video because i don't have to actively code and it's either i multitask at night or you know the wife the wife does the 
the super mom job of, of taking care of the kids. Because I can definitely say, like, yes, software engineering is hard, but being a full-time parent, like, at home, taking care of children is just as hard as well. Naughty. Two kids, under two, just as hard as, as well. Yeah, being being a parent is crazy hard. And I, since I was a father nine months ago, like the biggest realization that I have had in this time is how much work do the mother have? Like we are next to it and like holding the space for whatever needs to be done. But the, the amount of work that the woman have to go through, it's crazy, man. And they used to have like 10, 10 babies, whatever. And it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is a being a being moms are not nine to five that is 24 7 365 like all the time yeah, <laughs> non-stop so and, any opportunity to help mom out by you know taking the kids and let mom go walk outside or go to the store or do some shopping something always helps yeah that's true and uh, which is your favorite youtuber that teaches you how to code my favorite uh favorite youtube channel yeah um i mean there's learn with leon he puts his vods up there but i do love watching fire bios videos uh, i do watch some of danny's and then sometimes i just watch uh just more like vloggers or youtubers who are vlogging their software en engineering roles i know um chow code is one of them self-taught um, who he works with on Airbytes, I forgot his name, but he also has a YouTube channel where he was self-taught. Uh, Dorian develops. Uh, most most folks who I was drawn to watching were those who were self-taught and were in a position to where they were learning the skill, uh, not only to support themselves but to support like their family. Mm. And that that's what like motivated me to to keep doing this. Yeah, and coming back to the beginning when you spoke about. Uh, watching that video of that guy going to work like software developer at work one day in the life of a software developer and now like Dorian develops and all these guys that walked the path before and like tell you that it's possible and I'm wondering um, which is uh, what do you think uh, this world of YouTube and people sharing the, their life in YouTube brings to us as human beings? I think uh, YouTube as a platform, you know, you're able to walk in the life or see other people's perspective of what they're doing. Like I could imagine a world without YouTube to where a world without YouTube, you wouldn't know a lot of things or like know what's happening like ever. So with YouTube, you know, when people upload their content, you're able to learn new things, learn new skills, just learn a whole new perspective from another uh, individual's view of how they do their life or how they do their chores, or how they learn to code or how to of the many million things you can do in this world. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, a very helpful place space and and it's always motivating for me also to start creating something for that maybe one day i i i, I thought about the 
like don't don't you feel a little bit of pressure like uh, of success of success like in this journey because you are like counting on your future on becoming a software developer and providing your family with that so how how do you deal with the pressure that comes from that I love that question uh interesting enough i think about that uh, every day of the pressure that i've actually put it on myself so i do this coding journey as if my back against the wall and it's like the only thing that i have moving forward to put a roof over my family's head put food on the table and give them a better uh much better life than we had before and you know that nice thing that pressure makes diamonds so putting this pressure on me i'm like one day it'll be a diamond and uh, we'll be living the best life that we've ever had or try to at least and i think the another factor is you know rest in peace kobe bryant mama mentality i think it's it's a matter of just digging deep in into a craft and going 100 on something that you're passionate and you want to do yeah so pressure uh, makes diamonds but there is there needs to be a a way on which that pressure is uh, put uh, in a healthy way or uh, in a way that is conducent for creating diamonds because pressure can also break like people and and it's very hard uh, it has been very hard for me to realize where that limit is since this is kind of a i mean the more you code uh, it's it's easy to say the more you code the better you get you get at it but there needs to be like that limit on which you say okay this is where i stop this is where i enjoy my family this is where i do this and and there is always like that other pressure that i have felt that i'm not using my time in the most conducent way for getting an object uh, the objective that i want so that is also a, a big challenge and and my question is like how how do you deal with that pressure with yourself and how do you set those boundaries and say okay this is where i end today so that i don't uh, burn myself out how, how do you uh, create those limits in your actions in your own actions so in order for me to create those limits uh the best thing is like having a uh, a plan for the day you know going in and going into your day knowing what you're going to do next and not going into your day blind so for me i, I actually use the to do with app <laughs> i put down what i need to do and before i go to sleep i'm like okay what do i need to do tomorrow morning tomorrow afternoon tomorrow evening before bed and i kind of just break uh, reflect on what i need to do and when i need to do it so i have Uh, those times to spend with the family so I have time to code so I have time to go to the gym and so I have time to do you know everything else um, that I want to do throughout the day and just, just planning out what I need to do has been very helpful very hard though because sometimes plans don't go the way they want to go and sometimes I may not go to the gym or I may not be able to code during lunch because I'm working through lunch so uh, the next thing I would do is kind of just uh give myself some that, some breathing room or some space to be like hey you know it's okay if i didn't do it today i can do it tomorrow uh, i'm not on a time limit 
to achieve this coding journey right now to this very moment because I do have the luxury of time to learn this. So I just have to give myself grace and then pick up that pace again the next day and see how far I can run with it. Yeah, I agree that that is a very important part, man, because I, I, I went into that way of doing things that if I didn't code my four hours every day, I was feeling horrible and it was crazy. Like I felt really bad with myself and I would think that I was a failure as a person and it was only like the world that I created for myself because it was a goal that I set for myself and it it was only to say okay today I, I did not do it maybe tomorrow I will organize my time better so that I can do it but doing that transition was like very hard for me and I, and I think that Maybe it's something that you need to go through so that you can better understand where your limits are at and how to deal with uh, the responsibilities that you have in your own life or whatever. Yeah, definitely agree. Like that point where you just said going through it, like you won't really know until you actually like go through it. And, you know, an example is like, let's say you're going to go to the weight room and you want to go do your one rep max for your bench press and you don't really know your one rep max and your limit until you like actually put the plates on lay on the bench put your arms out to lift the bar until it actually happens and when you're feeling that 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 tense pressure going down towards your chest like that's that's the point where you're like oh crap like can i do this now or should i like do this another time and you definitely hit it on on the nail with making sure that when you know your limits, you can relax, breathe, and move on. Just move on to the next day. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about your experience in the military, and you said that you work with explosive and stuff like that. And uh, what about your experience uh, in the military will be brought into your life as a web developer? And what are the tools that you have learned in these last years, in, that, in these last six years as, a, as part of the military that you think are going to be valuable for the job that you are going to get in touch? <clears throat> Awesome. So uh, I feel like the, the skills that I can bring for the military and the tech is uh, soft skills and the ability to work with people and also the ability uh, to lead a team. So I was in the military and I came in as just E1 private. And from there, you're just you're just listening or you're not really giving the orders of what to do. Uh, you're more of just following orders like, hey, go do X, Y and Z. And I go do X, Y and Z. And as you grow through the military, you get to be put into this position to where uh, you have to lead a team and not knowing with that, uh, you're not necessarily exactly taught. You're just put into a position to where you're going to be learning as you're in that position. So once you're in a team lead, uh, some skills you can kind of gain is how to work with people and how to, how to manage the people you work with. Because kind of like, just like, you know, manage, you know, the games like the Sims where you have to manage, you know, the sleep, the hunger, the sleep, the fun. You kind of do the same thing in the military when you have a group of people. You have to manage 
Are you feeding? Are you making sure your people get fed when you're out in the field? Are you making sure your people are sleeping? Are you making sure your people are getting the proper care, the proper health, the proper treatment? And the one thing the military uh, does that is not of, um, it's not so much done in the civilian sector is the amount of influence you have in an individual's life. And with that, one of the skills is kind of getting to know the people you worked with. Uh, so when you're in the military and you're in a squad or you're in a team of five to six individuals, uh, you, you tend to know deep down who that individual is, who their family member is, if they have siblings, where they're from, what they love to do, what games they play, what foods they drink, uh, foods they eat, drinks they drink. And uh, since I haven't really experienced that when I was working in this event sector, that is a uh, a skill that I think I can bring on uh, moving forward in tech. Uh, another skill I can think of is, I guess, just the soft skills to talk to people. Um, in my profession, I talk to a lot of people, and I talk to a lot of people that I don't know mm. every day. You, you meet new people all the time. So being an introvert, uh, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's looked down upon the military, but it would just be hard for you to navigate your career. Uh, compared to somebody who's an extrovert always talking to people like you always have to talk to people you would always have to be in a position to brief people uh, which is what I do right now I do a lot of briefings uh, with people who are you know higher in the rank structure who've been in the military like 20 30 years and people who are new who are learning on the spot how to brief from me so uh, those are some of the few skills I can name off the top of my head that I can bring into tech Amazing. And, and the one that stuck with me is like getting to know the individual and the person behind the, like the work, getting to know the person. And, and what do you think in a software engineering environment would bring into your team if you knew each one, if you had this capacity of, of bringing that knowing or like uh, getting to know that person. What what does that bring into the individual programmer? Uh, so I, I feel like I feel like when you would start to get to know people, you you'd find it easier to to talk to and collaborate. Uh, so first, the talking part, you can find it easier to approach an individual and maybe tell them how you feel about the project, or maybe tell them about maybe the mistakes we're making on the project, or how we can improve mm -hmm. better, or how we can maybe do something better or maybe it's not doing so well. So with that, you're, you're not afraid to talk to one another just about uh, things tech related. And two, you can just make the workspace fun as well, right? The workspace does not have to be boring. And when you get to know people and you get to know a different side, uh, you can just kind of um, create a positive uh, learning environment uh, for the folks around you. Yeah, I agree. Make the workspace fun. That that is so important so that our because programming is a creative endeavor and when we're having fun, it's easier to be creative. I I feel that that has been my experience. Yeah, and which if you if you had to say like which has been the biggest challenge that you have faced in this uh, journey and besides JavaScript. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I think the the biggest challenge would be, I wouldn't say memorizing, but it's trying to put the pieces together. Because you know, with learning the code, you're learning the many tools that you can utilize. It's just knowing uh, when to use a tool and how to use that tool uh, for the project that I'm like I'm working on. So that's that's the hardest part. Just like Lego blocks, like oh, do I use this red piece that's like an L shape, or do I use this like big long piece? So the hard part for me right now is just figuring out what tools to use for the job. What tools to use for the job? Yeah, I agree. And and since there are so many tools and so many ways of doing things, I, I would add to that that uh, another challenge is like really understanding what you need to do and what is the the purpose of the software because uh, it it can easily go out of the rails and you start like doing something that is not what the client intended to what they need or or you are building a, a feature of your app that no one will use so it's very important to know what you are building and and have that intention behind so that uh, you can make a better use of your time definitely do agree with that and you know when i'm in when i'm i'll be in that position one day to where I'm going to have those days to write, oh yeah, this project's doing well, or I'm, the team's going to struggle like, oh no, we did not make the product our customer wanted. And that, can't wait to that day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you are having a horrible day, those days that you don't want to see the computer and you are like, oh, this is like the worst thing in the world. What brings you out of that state? And how, how do you manage to go through that, those days? Yeah, good workout. <laughs> good but, workout. Uh, yeah, good workout. But the thing about that, I just had that yesterday. So, you know, yesterday I was trying to wrap my head around promises and async await. And I'm like, ugh. I read the docs and I was like, this is very, very ugly form of writing. Like who would, who would learn promises and async and wait until i watched the 100 devs video and i was like oh okay now now i'm getting a grasp of why we use promises and async and wait and for me to try to get get over those hurdles is you know levels fyi and look at the salary <laughs> but you know hmm. I, I look at look at uh, a motivational eric thomas uh try to at least sleep a little bit better uh, that night and then try to get in and get a workout the next day. I don't know, for some reason it works for me. If I have a good pump during the afternoon, get a pre-workout uh, in, then towards the evening, I just have the drive and energy to code. It's, just, it's a weird formula that like just works for me personally. So somebody's out there it's, listening, you never know. It's not weird, man. The, it's completely scientifically proven how working out and uh, it brings a lot of hormones and stuff into the body that makes it better for for your brain to be more oxygenated uh, and everything. So it definitely works. And, and I think that it, it can be a, a great um, asset in the toolbox of any programmer. And, and I think that finding also that balance within like being in the computer, being in the chair and finding those times for working out, for taking care of the body 
it's very important so that the whole system is working towards the the like well-being you know definitely agree and i just it just dawned on me that that would kind of be called like diffuse learning because you're not actively sitting on the computer coding but when you're going outside for a walk when you're just maybe hanging out with the family maybe you go watch a movie or tv uh, your mind's in that diffused learning state so like all of a sudden like an idea can just pop out of nowhere and you're like oh and then you gotta like go to your your no shit obsidian or your old school your pen and paper and just like write it down yeah and i think that is one of the biggest things that i like about this profession is that there is always this noise on the back of your head that there is something that you need to solve or there is something that you need to understand that you don't right now so when you are in the gym and like lifting the the deadlift the death weight i don't know how to say it but you're lifting it and and it comes like oh fuck that was the await keyword and now i understand it so then you want to go to the computer and like write down the stuff so that uh, yeah it's like a continual process and it end up ends up being an integral integral part of how you live life mm -hmm. well, in addition to that when i think about uh, that diffuse specifically of coding and tech is like I've, I've realized that when you learn to code you kind of uh unlock this maybe entrepreneur side of your of yourself because like you said when you're you're thinking of well, what problems can i solve today you know how can i maybe create a solution for somebody else or a group of people or for the world and then when you're in tech and you're a software engineer and you learn how to code all of a sudden you might just have an idea that like can explode and like people want to gravitate to that idea and build it and see it in production and see it as a product and helping others that just down on me <laughs> hmm. yeah and that brings me to my magic wand question if you if you had a magic wand and tomorrow you had like all the programming skills that the best programmer in the world has what would you build i would actually build a education platform and teach people how to code <laughs> so uh with that uh, so i'm from a small island called guam it's in the middle of the pacific ocean for many it's like in the middle of nowhere but it's a territory of the united states and within that island i think i would bring on an educational platform to teach teach kids even even as little as kindergarten five six-year-olds i guess the learning learning how to code or learn how to build cool video games with, with with code you know and maybe they can make their next like minecraft or their frog jumps <laughs> or something and i think if personally if i was exposed to that when i was younger i'd probably like my mind would be blown and i'd want to do that but hmm. you know i don't i don't think most most kids would be exposed to coding because i always thought it was just math <laughs> You know, that's why I avoided it. So yes. maybe if, if they weren't afraid to look at code and and if they were exposed to the pos the endless possibilities that you could do with it, I think we can create a the next generation of people who build products for the world. Hmm. Yeah. Um yeah it feels such an important skill to to have and and i'm coming back to your story that you dropped out of college and 
now you're teaching yourself how to code so what are your thoughts about college and and this possibility that we have to like develop skills on youtube and becoming uh, good at them through working at them so i love this concept of proof of work so yeah your portfolio speaks more about yourself than the degree that you got at college so what are your thoughts about uh, college as a way of educating people and 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 this way on which education is evolving also uh, I think college is maybe maybe depending on the degree you get, it could be beneficial or, you know, it might be a, a waste of time and money. Uh, definitely in America, college is expensive, which is the reason why I dropped out because I did not want to be, you know, one one of thousands of those who have student debt and who end up getting a piece of paper, having to work, and then now you're just paying off the piece of paper. Maybe you're not even in the field that you graduated, you know, with a degree, like maybe you like graduated in art, but then you're like doing business or vice versa. Uh, you might not be doing that. So I do think personally for me at this time, I, I don't think college is the right move, maybe like right now, just because the way how expensive the world is. Now, unless you're trying to be a doctor, you know, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> hmm. You're not going to be playing operation on people in, in the garage at home on live people. So Yes, unless you you're being for a doctor, I think with YouTube, you know, Coursera, there's uh, Udemy. I've I've never used it. Bought a course, but never used it. Um, you can learn so many things just just on the internet alone. Hmm. It seems that we need to focus better our energy because, as you said, there are a lot of um, professions that need people to go to college as doctors, for example, but there are also a lot of them that don't need. For example, I got an industrial and mechanical engineering degree at university and I have never used it for anything. I don't care about it. And uh, the, the things that people that get that degree do on the daily basis, most of them are not what they were taught. And, and people say, like, no, that studying engineering uh, gives you a particular frame of mind or a way of looking at numbers or situations or solving problems or whatever. And I think that, yeah, maybe, but going through five years of that, it's a waste of time, you know. So maybe what is needed is that the, the workforce or like the workplace, uh, the, the market, uh, determine better what they need from people so that people can prepare themselves for that in a more efficient way so that we because right now in my house I have my uh, sister-in-law for example and she is uh, at second year of university of six and and she is planning her future as if her life would start in four more years yeah you know so it's like wasting all this time of planning because life starts when you end up university and uh, i think that um, like universities uh, like our modern 
uh, rite of passage. You know, in the ancient traditions, they had a, a rite of passage where the young kid, when he turned a, an adult, he went to the forest on his own or to the jungle and he had to face like deep nature so that he could become a, like a proper human being. And right now our, our rite of passage is six years at university so that then you have to pay it for 20 more years. So I think that, well, that is my rant about this. I think there needs, there is a lot of space for transformation and what gives me hope is your answer. For example, what would you create if you had all the skills? Education. And, and that is something that a lot of people want to bring, especially people that have been uh, creating skills through the internet as ourselves mm -hmm. and uh, i definitely want to touch on that uh definitely with i think there is a big stigma with college and i think definitely with an older generation you know my, my i remember my dad's like yeah you're going to go to college get a degree you'd be a doctor a lawyer and then you support me <laughs> i was like uh i don't know about that i was like i'll go to college see how it is but then you know dropped out wasn't wasn't for me uh, it was fun i guess the networking part you know you meet a lot of people from different parts of the world but then in terms of my time with with the classes uh i can honestly say i do not use any information that i've gained from my class like to this day like within that one year granted it was, it was generals but like I, I don't use any of that information and maybe if there is a i think this this is the generational change and shift on how we view college moving forward it would be more of like if you need it you can do it and it should be cheaper and then if you don't need to use it and maybe you can learn it for free on the internet because the internet at this point there's so many resources where you can you can learn how to do something yeah i agree and and what is needed is focus so that we can make a better use of our time and uh, what, what you have told me about 100 devs, this project is what gives you that focus that makes you realize and know that you are evolving every day because you have this whole community of people that is supporting you and you are supporting them. So it's like this uh, net of people that are finding their way through the world and, and through this educational process and becoming better human beings on the process. I think that, I mean, that is one of the things that most amazes me about this uh, career is like open source, for example, how we can collaborate with each other and create something for the sole intent of creating something together and, and putting it out in the world. I, I think that I mean, that gives me a lot of hope about the future and and it's very inspiring also. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Definitely. People are not, well, unless there's a paywall, but, you know, most people are not stingy in tech. Like they're just willing to collab, give, give out the information or even give you the answer <laughs> to most things. And just like, okay, thank you. That is a, definitely a, a very good human being response to everyone being nice to each other but then it's it's a field where everyone like i mentioned earlier people just want to help each other 
and put out the best product they can that can help help the world. Amazing, yeah. And I I want to ask you one last question. And um, where where will you be in five years? Ooh, five years. Uh, I will be in Europe with my family because we have, would have been moved to United States by then. Uh, the ultimate goal. Um, it's a little bit a little bit safer for fam or for our family being just maybe in another country compared to the U.S. Love the U.S. Love how it's helped me. But then I think I, we want to travel and see more, not just the United States, but just a different part of the world. So five years, going to be a software engineer. I'm going to be working remotely. We living in Europe. We make more money. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen. I, I, I appreciate a lot your time, Stefan, having been in this place, learning with you. I Every time that I have these conversations, I'll, I learn a lot about myself, my journey through the eyes of your journey. And I appreciate a lot uh, what you have done and what you are doing, the effort you put, like going to work, taking care of your family, working out, learning to code, everything. And I, I'm sure that it will bring its results. It brings it every day because what you learn about yourself as you face these challenges is the biggest prize of them all. Thank you very much, Tippy. Thank you as well for you know hosting this podcast and bringing on folks who are jumping in into the the deep world of tech and who are trying to carve their space into this world of tech and see how they can help not only themselves but they how they can also help others. So just like yourself, thank you for for helping folks uh, put a voice onto your podcast and share their story. Yeah, we are here for that, helping each other. So thank you, man. Thank you, JP. Have a great life. You as well, always. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.